I was in the military. I joined the United States Navy to be exact. I was trained as a combat field paramedic. My designation was a hospital corpsman. Although I joined the Navy, they sent me with the Marines. And here it was, March, mid-March, 2002. I was with the Marines as their medical support. I was with what they call the fire battalion. We had howitzers. So we were just in Kuwait. We're on the other side of the Iraqi berm, ready to invade. We were doing field exercises the month before the invasion. We're talking about Operation Iraqi Freedom. Now we just got word that our chaplain was gone. Now the word on the street was that he thought the Marines were dirty and nasty individuals and he didn't want to be there with them. Now whether that's true or not, I don't know. But the fact that he wasn't there, well, that was true and it made the Marines very nervous. So they gathered around me that morning before we got ready to invade in about two hours. We had this routine that we would do. We all took our MREs and we would save the hot cocoa out of them. So in the morning when we got up, We would make a little pot of cocoa with a camping stove, and we would share it amongst each other there, everybody that was in that one truck. And that's what we were doing that one morning. The Marines were really worried about going in. And I knew that because we didn't have a chaplain, it was also a part of my job to fill in that role. Not that I was there to preach or hold a service or anything, but I was trained to hold their hand when they died and walk them through their final rites if they requested it. But I knew as they were there, they wanted me to say something. And then I thought, I had a thought and I shared it with them. Their question was, and they called me Doc. Doc, is this right? Is going in there right? Are we right? I told him this. Jesus Christ said, Blessed is a man who gives up his life for his friends. Here we are, a foreign country in a foreign land. We're willing to give up our lives for our country. But more than that, I'm not just willing to give my life for my country to protect this constitution that gives us our freedoms, that demands it from the people. But we're in this foreign country, and we're willing to fight for their rights. We're willing to fight their freedom. So not only are we willing to die for our friends, but we're also willing to put our life on the line for the freedom of the Iraqi people. You're listening to Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. I thank you so much for joining us. And I want to talk a little bit about this show before we go on to what I have for you today. And I want to talk about freedom of speech. I told you the story I just told, just an absolute true story. I told it the best way I could. And it is about free speech and my thoughts about free speech. I am all about free speech. And this channel 
where you're hearing my voice is a haven for that. I will protect you. I won't let people take away your freedom of speech while I'm in, while I'm here. Okay. I will protect your right to have wild ass speculations, wild ass theories and tame ass theories. This is a place for that. We might all be a bowl of Fruit Loops, but that's okay. And let me tell you something else. This is not a vlog. I heard people talking about that. I call it Midnight Radio. It is a radio show. It is a broadcast. It is mainly the reason why it is not a vlog, because it is a conversation. It's a conversation I'm having with you. I'm not here because I'm special. I'm here because you are. I know what I believe. I'm not here to teach you. I'm not here to preach to you, although I do have my beliefs. I'm here for you. I've been waiting for you. I'm not joking. You're very important to me. I do want to have a conversation with you. This is a conversation, and you're going to see what I mean. This isn't just a vlog. This is your show. Absolutely. My email is midnightrad.io. 101 at gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. You let me know what you want to know about. What you want us to discuss on the show, you let me know. You can also call me at 325-261-0892. That is 325-261-0892. Once again, 325-261-0892. We have some live broadcasts coming up that you can join in and call in to soon i'll let you know on the community page of youtube i will let you know how you can join in on that and we can have a conversation together with that you're a very important part of this i want you to know that we go over things that may or may not be true this is for entertainment purposes only maybe a little bit of education but entertainment So take everything with a grain of salt, and you're going to be all right. I would like if you would subscribe. That way you can continue and know when we have something that comes out. If you subscribe and you hit that bell, you're going to get the latest update. Like I said, I'm here not because I'm special, but because you are. I want to talk to you. The way I do that is you subscribe and hit the bell so I can talk to you. You may agree or disagree with me, and that is fine. I've fought for your right to be able to do that. And believe me, it was a heavy price. There is free speech. There is freedom to discuss on this channel. Don't be rude. So I don't know if you heard about this or not. We're about to talk about, we're about to talk about how there were some people that were investigating the Venmo of the Moscow slangs, the Venmo of some of the students. We're going to go over that. We're going to go over remarks Kaylee's dad made about his frustration with the police. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of police giving out information to the public and giving out information to the victims. We're going to talk about that. We have a message from Kaylee's sister that I think is very important and some information about 
Kaylee uh, possibly met the murderer before the tragedy tragedy occurred and more tonight. So I'm going to also have, I'm going to go over your comments and go over your voicemails. We got that today too. Like I said, this is a conversation with you. So let's go over this Venmo first and let's discuss this. Christine Cameron and Alina Smith oversee the University of Idaho Murders Case Discussion Group on Facebook. And about 13,500 people have joined and counting, and they are here with me live. Christine, let me begin with you. You've been passionate about, you know, solving crime since John Binet and Madeline uh, McCann. So let me ask you about your group members zeroing in on Venmo and the, the public activity that they've been able to see between these victims and what they've been spending their money on. Can you explain what they've seen? Yes. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having us. Um, I'll pause it there for a second. Could you guys help me with this? What, how can you look at Venmo? I didn't know Venmo was open to the public like this. Do, do I have any experts out there about Venmo? Please hit me up. Hit me up in the comments. Um, you see a lot of normal trans- transactions between friends and roommates, paying each other for pizza and coffee, We see that on November 12th at 1.59, Ethan sent Kaylee money. The caption said, thank you. Then at 2.10 p.m., he sent her money again with a note that says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, when group members looked at Ethan's Venmo, a new Jack came about. Ethan paid someone named Jack Katovich at 11.40 p.m. Jack Katovich, there's a new name coming out. Let's say... They have his name, and maybe they'll show his picture later. Would you consider that doxing? No. It's part of the national discussion. And that is his last Venmo transaction. Not to say there's um, you know, anything wrong or suspicious, but that's just a new character that comes um, for people to talk about. A new character that pops up for people to talk about. That sounds familiar. On social media. But someone went a step further in our group and did some digging. They posted that someone paid Jack's sister that day and captioned it 3.30 a.m. That time they felt was really unsettling. And Jack K. was also the first person to donate to a memorial fund for Ethan in the amount of $6. And people are really reading into that a lot. Why $6? Um, Now Jack is really just a topic of conversation and people want to hear more about it. And a 3.30 a.m. Venmo captioned... um, 3.30 a.m. For those of you that aren't sure, 3.30 a.m. could have been at the time of the slaying. That's correct. So who is this Jack? Do you guys have any information about that? Please hit me up. I'm itching, and I kind of just right now want to get to you guys' comments, but I'm going to hold off for just a little bit because I've been getting a lot of emails about the person we talked about in our last broadcast And I don't, I'm not going to say his name again because I'm not saying he had anything to do with this. I'm just saying, just like this Jack guy, his name popped up. What is this guy? Let's look at this. And the more we look into it, well, the more he was just right there. And I'm just saying, I'm not going to say his name again. I'm not trying to harass him. I am honestly not saying he did it. People, please don't harass him. But it is a name that popped up. This is our conversation we're having. This is wild-ass speculation, wild-ass theories. And that is what it is. This is where we come to talk about these things. I appreciate you guys so much. 
So before we talk about Kaylee's dad's frustrations, which is something I want to talk about, there's this two, this article right here, and this was on Reddit, and I'm going to show it to you right now. It says, Kaylee's car for sale indicating she planned to move across the country, Texas, in uh, the beginning of the year in December. And according to Kaylee's sister, which we're going to see in a little bit, she is saying that Kaylee had an internship that paid well. She's saying she has a job that she was going to take in December, and uh, it was paying well. And this is how she got the Range Rover. It had nothing to do with OnlyFans. So, guys, we can have all the speculations we want, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I, I lean away, personally, from blaming the victims. And it doesn't do us any good if, and I'm not saying everything the police say is correct, but it doesn't, it makes it really hard if we go against what they say is facts. So if they said they ruled out a person, let's play along and say, okay, well, that person's out because they ruled it out. If it comes back later that they lied, well, that's on them. We're just here to see this as it happens. Really, the value and all the information that we have and that we're going over together, the value in it is after it's over, when we're at trial. That's that's when the value in it is because we can um, see what was good and what was garbage, okay? And that's the value in it. Was what the psychic said good or was what the psychic say garbage? Was the ancillary information from our wild-ass speculations and our super wild-ass theories garbage or what part of it was real? What pattern does it make? This is what we're looking at. This is a way for us to be proactive and not reactive at, at every uh, tragedy that happens in the United States. We're all in a state of shock over this, and we come here to talk about it. So Kaylee's parents and her sister are saying she didn't have an OnlyFans. That's not where she got her money or anything like that. But she was selling her Subaru Legacy three-door, you know. And uh, someone had a comment here. This is from Reddit. Crazy how we let strangers into our private world with social media. Isn't that true? You let me in your world and I let you in mine. Right, like without even talking to her, a stalker could know she was graduating in December and moving away to start a new job. What's most insane is the entire premise of the horror movie Red Dragon was about how the killers used home videos to plan and plot his crimes to perfection, knowing exactly how to operate efficiently within the home. Now teens are going on TikTok and exposing the inside of their homes to perfect strangers. Anyone who knows them and can find out where they live now has a huge advantage if they want to commit a crime. There's an article that was written about this. It was called, Did Kylie Goncalves Meet Her Stalker? Before murder, slain Idaho student's car ad fuels new theories. Before the tragic murder, Kaylee purportedly proposed, posted, and had to sell her 2011 Subaru Legacy, she wrote in the ad description, selling my 2011 Subaru Legacy three-door limited edition sedan, it needs new tires, and there's a tear in the driver's seat. Those are the only issues. This has been a great car for me, and there's no mechanical issues whatsoever. I'm moving across the country at the beginning of December, so looking to sell my car, PM interested, clean title in hand. So several users of Reddit 
shared this snapshot and said, you know, a young guy was actually murdered in my area selling a car about two years ago, met up with a potential buyers. They forced him to the vehicle, drove about an hour away, killed him, left his body in a field. It's absolutely terrifying to think about so close to home, but I agree it's extremely dangerous to meet up with people selling or buying anything these days. Again, these are wild-ass theories and speculations. But it is something to think about, isn't it? It's, it's one area that perhaps the police, perhaps authorities, and I know the FBI are going to be checking in on this. So you can see there's so many different people from so many different angles. When does someone, you know, I know we have people in law enforcement and some former homicide detectives that watch this show. So I'm going to ask you guys this question. Again, this is a conversation. When does someone become a suspect to the police and they might i know they might have suspects that they're not telling us we have no suspects but they really do on their list i'm talking about their list when do they get someone that's a suspect when does that happen how many boxes does this person have to tick before he's on their sticky note as someone please please answer me in the comments and you know guys before i go on i got a question for you i'm going to put a poll up on my on our uh, community page community tab there on YouTube I want to I want to pull about see this light behind me this is called a a visual audio equalizer is what it is a VU meter is it bothering you there's some people who said they had problems with you know epileptic seizures and the flashing lights so I turned the brightness down a little bit but I don't know if that makes a difference so I guess what I want to know is how many of you want me to keep it or how many of you just say throw it away. So let me know. So we're going to go into our next little bit here. Okay. Let's talk about her father. Let's go over that right now. You and your family, and we're hoping to get answers for you. Sir, what, when was the last time you talked with law enforcement about the case? Well, we just had a vacation. Uh, law enforcement told me that um, they were going to drop off a little bit and not to expect the same type of um, communication that I had gotten before. They passed it on to another person. So basically, long story short, it was Wednesday, 5 p.m. was the last time that they reached out to me. So, yeah, that's rough. Sir, what are they telling you? They're kind of just telling me that they can't tell me much, which is frustrating to me because I've been very um, trustworthy. I I, I don't I do know things. I haven't shared things. Um, We're the same family that found the original timeline. We're the same family that broke into the phones. We tried everything in our ability to try to get into this system because a court order is not the fastest thing. So we we broke in and we did what we did. We know that we have some family passwords that we all share. So we broke in and we helped them. So it, it, it's hard for me to give up as a father my protective ability to other men. This is a major issue, and I've dealt with this before in some of my investigations where I've, I help people, and I'm just going in 
leaving that there. So you get all the information you can when there's a crime committed. And you give it to, you give the police all the information you have. You're never going to hear from them again. That's it. Usually you hear nothing. Now, this is different. This is a national tragedy. This is an international tragedy, if you will. And this is very much in the public spotlight. So they're going to know when... They're going to know when it comes to trial, right? But let's say someone stole stole something or broke something and you had to file a police report. You're never going to hear from them again. And you really have to badger the police. And... um. I think the police departments and the system needs to work on that to where they're better. I do understand. I'm not, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about like a a public liaison officer. What I'm not talking about is them giving evidence to the public or giving evidence even to the victims because I'm the, I understand the reason for not doing that. And that's a legal reason. Uh, you don't want the, the wrong information out there and, spoiling potential jurors or things like that you know and we're talking about the mass media i'm not talking about my little audience i'm not talking about that that's different when you're when you're getting a jury pool you're finding people who weren't online sleuthing so we're not talking about somebody that's down here with us fruit loops right but i do understand his frustration Personally, I do because I've had a family member murdered. My father was murdered, all right? And let me tell you something. Uh, There was no investigation done. There was nobody caught. There was nobody arrested. And I can't go into very many details about this. Not here. But it's, I understand this family also, being a family with a family member murdered, having issues with people in the public with you know, these wild theories and speculations and don't talk bad about our family members. But I do want to say this. Those people that are going to the, what do you call it, the Instagram of the the murder victims and even the boyfriend Jack and all that and putting theories and about them being guilty and, uh, you know, having OnlyFans accounts and that on there, that is disgusting. That's horrible. That is uncouth. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, there's a place for wild-ass speculations and theories. Over here, it's okay. Don't go over there. And I'm not saying you guys are, but this is just an example. But it is worse if you have a family member murdered and nobody cares. It is worse when nobody cares because guess what? Nothing gets done. Look at the murders, the stabbing murders that happened in Oregon and Washington and nobody was caught. One lady survived, thank God. I heard a report. I'm not sure if it's true or not. You guys let me know about the lady saying it seemed like a, a small Asian man that did it. I don't know. But they didn't catch that person, did they? Why do you think they didn't? I'll tell you why. Because there's something called budget. Now, here in Moscow, and I mispronounced it before, I'm from Texas, y'all, and I have an accent sometimes, and that's going to happen. But in Moscow, they now have the state police where they get extra funding for that, and they have the FBI, who now actually has jurisdiction 
In other words, they would be leading, but they would have a lot of their resources and funds into this. So they have a whole lot more money to go into this than they did in Oregon and they did in Washington. I'm sure maybe some of those old crimes will, um, will have more money to solve them now. But the police in Moscow said that the, the stabbings in Washington and Oregon were not related. And if we believe them and we just drop it there, then there it is. But do you think that might have to be the reason why they might have said that is because they don't want to share money with Oregon and Washington or share resources at the time when they want to focus on their own? They'd rather just track down and focus on their own than they want to bother with those others right now because they're on to something. I heard that this murderer had a lot of DNA evidence at the scene. I heard it was a bloody, messy, horrible crime scene. It's taken a while to process. So I want to say something to the murderer right now because there's no doubt in my mind that he might be watching. You're a coward. You've been a coward most of your own life, most of your whole life. And you've been an underachiever and you haven't achieved anything. And you feel like this is some accomplishment that you did. This tragedy, these lives you took here in Idaho. Horrible. Your wife's gone because you can't hack it as a man. You can't meet your responsibilities. You can't provide very well because your mind is clouded and you're confused and you're selfish and you don't see the value in people. You've been a pathetic, spineless coward. But I'm going to say this. Do not take your own life. And I think you plan to. There's one theory here on reddit which we might get into but says they think that you're at the brink of suicide now that this was your one last thing as your life has been crumbling and it has been hasn't it this has played out so many times but i'm gonna tell you you should let it play out matter of fact you should turn yourself in turning yourself in i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna give you a really good solid piece of advice Turning yourself in right now is a lot better than you murdering yourself. Because once you murder yourself, you're going in a place a lot worse than anything you could have ever imagined. I promise you. So for once in your life, be a man. Turn yourself in. Face the music. So many other people. Why don't you be different? Why don't you be different than all these other people that have done what you've done before you? Why don't you be different? Why don't you be a man now and turn yourself in and be different? Be the guy that turned himself in. That's all I have to say to you. So, there's a statement, and I think we should look at this. I think it's important because there's, you know, wild-ass speculations, wild-ass theories, even tame-ass theories, but 
a lot of people were putting that on the Instagram accounts of these poor victims. And that is just horrible. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. And let's just go over this. This is from Kylie's sister. Please be kind if you comment below. One, we never made a deal about Kaylee's Range Rover. Everyone else did. Kaylee was an extremely hard worker and worked for everything she had. She had a super good paid internship, and the company had offered her FTE starting January 1st. It's important to her and to us that she is remembered this way. She was home. She was home because she worked from home and could be. We're a big family. We take a lot of comfort in being around one another. She also was helping my mom decorate for Christmas and plan Thanksgiving in preparation for my return trip home for the Thanksgiving holiday. Assuming my mom was trying to convince Kaylee to stay is just that assumption. But the roads were also icy and were we always worry about Kaylee making that drive by herself. Three, we never said this attack was targeted on Kaylee. Okay, let me I'll have to take this off full. All right. Three, we never said this attack was targeted on Kaylee. Kaylee, once again, had a lot of friends and family. I personally called in tips. Anything and everything I could remember, big or small. Also, please be cognizant that these interviews are often cut and edited to display things. But if my dad did do did do that, it's because he just lost his daughter. It's not his job to always be strong right now. He knows he can rely on me to help if and when he needs it. So that's what we got. These are these are hard things to go over for sure. All right, let's see what else we got here. On the Moscow murders. We're about to go to your comments right now. After we see if we have any breaking updates. That's what we want, right? All right, this was something I might go over. Not exactly related to the case, but I tie it together in the end, and it helps people understand law enforcement's reasoning to do what they do. The Delphi probable cause affidavit just got released for the first time. It is now known that the killer had a gun because they heard one of the victims say gun in the recorded audio that was previously not released to the public. It is also now known that they found an unspent bullet between the second victims bodies the killer didn't know investigators knew he had used a gun or that he had left a bullet by accident because he had only used the gun as an intimidation tactic to force the girls where he wanted them to go because of this they were finally able to tie everything back to him and even find the exact gun that matched the markings on the unspent bullet and most likely the gun that was brought that day he also told them he never lent out the gun to anyone 
He probably admitted this because he knew they were looking at this specific piece of evidence. Now, bringing it back to this case, if Ellie told everyone these two important details of the case, the killer would have immediately gotten rid of the gun. The only evidence directly tying him so he could eventually claim it was stolen. This would have made it difficult to convict him. So, yeah, there's that. There's reasons. Of course, there's reasons law enforcement doesn't tell us things, but there's also so many case cases they don't solve. But that is for them, isn't it? Like the murder of my father. You know, ladies and gentlemen, before we continue here, we're about to go into your, your comments, which are amazing. Thank you guys so much. You guys see, there's nothing special about me, but when we all get together, I'm an expert and I am, I am educated by the way. I'm expert in certain areas. You guys are expert in certain areas. We come together at a place that's safe to talk and we come up with things. Let me tell you this. Uh, if you really want to save somebody, I'm talking about save a life, but some of the most precious lives there are, let me tell you about this. And this is another horror story. Uh, there's an episode I have that is called the toy that's killing this Christmas. And it is about water beads. I'm telling you just briefly, please listen. I have a article on the website, midnightrad.io is called alert. The toy that's killing the season. There's a video on there on my, on my YouTube. Please check it out. These water beads toys are dangerous. They're sold in every store. And Miss Mitchell, the one whose baby was harmed from the water beads. She's doing better. The baby's doing better. And that was from a, a water bead product in Target. As a matter of fact, let me be more specific. It was a brand called Chuckle and Roar and is manufactured and sold exclusively of tar- at Target. Felicia Mitchell and her daughter. Target pulled that today. Because of this, they're still sold at Walmart and they're still sold everywhere else in Amazon. This is the biggest toy of the season. It is so dangerous. These things are the size of a piece of fruity pebbles, a half a piece of fruity pebble. You, if, if a kid accidentally ingests this, this, um, confetti like substance, it can swell up to 1500% in their intestines and block it. And some of them are also toxic, even though they say they're not. They're manufactured in China, and you cannot sue China for making this. And there was recently a law passed to where these different distribution uh, avenues like Amazon and Walmart can't be sued for liability. This is very dangerous. It's killing kids. It's not going to be long before it's outlawed. Please watch the video. Please read the article. Now I'm going to continue with your comments. I'm going to read a couple of these here. I've been leaning towards events in the bar or frat party participating. Then I saw neighbors interviews and then a law student, but anyone could have hiked around the backwoods for months, peeping, working up courage. That floor plan is online. So studying online instead of physically being in space gives familiarity at the end. I think, gosh, too easy. How aren't there more of these? Thank goodness. Most people won't have such fixations and the willingness to act 
Reverend Donna has been on point on several readings she's done for difficult cases she saw and said things that had not even happened yet, but did happen before the cases were solved. Someone said Reverend Donna described Jeremy to a T before he started doing interviews. So put the problem with psychic visions is that they can be interpreted differently and there's nothing saying what they're seeing is related to the case. That's absolutely true. Then somebody said the trick psychics and palm readers is that they speak from the netherworld and merely say what the devil is planning to do is planning to do, huh? Okay, let's see. I watched the video today, and I must say I was sufficiently creeped out. My question is, why do you think the dog was spared and also the two other roommates? Maybe he got spooked and could not gain entry to that part of the house. Maybe the dog was sheltered with them. Also, my girl, GK from Grizzly True Crime posted a short video concerning a man purportedly going around town removing tip line posters okay so i did hear that the person removing the tip line posters and this was from one of your comments it said that it was a real estate agent that thought that the posters in this part of the neighborhood he was trying to sell homes would keep him from being able to sell the authorities dealt with him and also as far as the dog well this is an easy answer for me the dog was spared because he wasn't a threat i don't know why but the killer thought he wasn't a threat. Whether he was barking or not, I don't know. But I can tell you that the murderer thought that he wasn't a threat or he would have had to take him out, right? Somebody said that the cut is clue number one. Let's see. I think I have a, a couple more I wanted to read over. I just found this channel, and I'm definitely subscribing. You're touching a lot of stuff others aren't. I love finding something with different perspectives, and you adding the psychic's perspectives in your research is amazing. There's other psychics that are talking about that, and I'm going to plan on, we're going to go over that together. We're going to talk about what they're saying too. Again, this is wild-ass speculation. This was a tip I got on the Venmo. The male male victim stopped mobile activity at like 12 a.m. Someone went further investigating his account in Venmo. I'm not tech smart, but they were able to find a message in Venmo payment from his sister, I believe, for $6, a guy named Jake, and an attached message. Then Jake donated, I believe, the first donation of $1,000. And finally, subbed. What a great idea for a fiction writer to take us on their creative journey Make it interactive. Best to you, Mr. Adams. Thank you, guys. If you guys want to comment, I really appreciate it. Also, if you sub and you hit that bell, you can follow us with this journey. The whole goal of this is conversation with you. This isn't this isn't a vlog. This is a, a talk show. It's a conversation between friends, you and me. You know? It's not just me talking out in the wind. That's why I'm asking you to sub because it's a conversation. And if you don't say sub, people don't sub, so you're not here to talk with me. It's that simple. Don't forget to ring the bell, too. 
I hate it when I subscribe to something and it doesn't, I don't know when something posts cause I didn't, I didn't ring the bell. And sometimes you ring the bell and you go back and the bell's not rung. You got to ring it again. Well, I have a lot of you guys that rang my bell and I want to thank you again. I'm going to give this voicemail message line out. 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. If you want to leave something confidential, just say confidential. Uh, let's keep this confidential and then give me a message. But I, I don't post anything that I think is confidential. Uh, when you call, you can say your name and the state you're from. So I know where you're from. Uh, you can say your first name. Don't give me your whole name, your first name. So here's our first mail message, our uh, voicemail message right now. Hi, Midnight Radio. I just wanted to let you know I watched your video with the psychic reading about the bakery. And there's another psychic reading I posted it in the comments for you to see that actually names the name And I couldn't make the connection of who was until I watched your episode and that made the connection. So if you get a chance, Go watch the link I posted in the comments on that chat. I commented directly or replied directly to your co- or to your post, so you'll see it. But I think you're on to something with. Have a great day. So I have to say that that was bleeped out because I don't want the same name popping up every time. There's a name of a person I mentioned last episode. I'm not hounding this person. I'm not saying this person is a murderer. The name came up in the investigation. I thought, well, there's so many things here. and This person was so much around in so many aspects. I had to mention it just as well. Well, this is interesting that it came up, but I'm not hounding this person. I'm not saying that this person is a murderer in any way, sense of the word. And please don't harass this person. And we're, I'm not going to keep using his name. In case you're wondering, you know, it's the cock from the last episode, but I found out later that that's not how you pronounce his last name. It's not cock. So thank you for the corrections on that. Again, the phone number is 325-261-0892. I really would like to, for you to talk to you. I would like you to join in the conversation. Okay, so it doesn't make sense why the two girls don't have anything to do with it. Because if you come upstairs to get your Cheerios in the morning, you're not going to go to the couple's room. That's just something you don't do because you don't know they're being intimate. So that can't be the person that they thought was passed out. So that means you went all the way upstairs to one of the rooms. You see the one girl passed out. You're like, oh, she must have partied. I want to know what they did last night. Wouldn't you be lying to the person that was with her and be like, where would you guys go that you're so passed out? But that didn't happen because you called somebody else to come over to say that you thought somebody was passed out. Now, the only way you could be on the first, or the second floor getting your Cheerios is maybe the Zana was trying to get out of the room. She was still alive or something and looked like she was passed out in the hallway. That's the only way I can see that. I think those girls have something to do with it or they know somebody that has something to do with it. That's just my theory. Thanks. We're about to go into this, but I just, you know, I had a message for the murderer earlier and I, and I said, that's all I was going to say, but I think I left something out. So I'm going to address you again. I want you to listen to me really good. I'm talking to the murderer. Now they're, they're about to catch you. As soon as this DNA comes out, their foot is already heading in your direction. You know, you left a lot of evidence. 
It's just a matter of time. You need to go ahead and turn yourself in. You should really think about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very good friend. And um, if you'll notice in my movies, in my videos, I have three movies or documentaries that I produced. One's called The Soul Collector. And his name is Brother Yahim. He's from Germany. He's a German exorcist. And he's going to be on the show pretty soon. And he's he actually went to hell. Before he got into his field, he went to hell. It is a harrowing story. So I want this murderer to know what hell is like. And there's nothing on this earth to compare to that. And we're going to learn more about it right here on Midnight Radio. So as far as what she said, this is a very interesting comment. Thank you for these because I have these very same questions in my mind about the girls. And I wondered because, and I know a lot of us felt that it was odd that the girls weren't the ones, they called 911, but they called some other friends over and the other friends were talking to the cops too and they said there was an unconscious person. You know, this just seemed odd, and this was hours after the murderer, and this just seemed odd to all of us. But I think the way it's presented is a little bit odd, and I didn't get it at first either, and I just brushed it off and went about my business, and then somebody made a couple comments. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is starting to make more sense. Somebody said, what if the killer, you know, locked the doors as he left the rooms? Well, there you go. The roommates would knock on the doors like, hey, are you in there? They would go out and they say, "Hey, what's her name's car is still here?" She wouldn't. They wouldn't still be here. You see what I mean? And they're like, "Well, I don't want to break down the door." So I think there might be something to that. Can, so if we go by what the police say, and the roommates are absolutely not involved, and I'm telling you, Kaylee's sister, if she thought the roommates were involved, she'd be all over it. I think it's safe, and this is my opinion. I think it's safe to assume the roommates aren't involved. You know, and there's not a lot of information they're giving us about it, but I'm my mind is at ease with that. But I also heard that somebody said, and this was a wild-ass speculation, I think, but I think it might have been backed up by an article or something. You guys let me know if you saw it too. They told me that Ethan was the one they found, the body that was unconscious. And then I read something today that maybe they weren't all killed in the beds and Ethan was out of the bed. So we don't know yet, and all this is going to come out in in the trial if there is one, if they ever catch this guy, if he decides to man up and take responsibility. Even though I don't think he's going to. This is one of the worst cowards, worst cowards I've ever come across in my life. All right. Hi, yes, I'm just calling. Um, that guy with the box in uh, um, his his uh, Facebook uh, picture. Um, that looks like the guy that was at the um, at the food truck. Okay, so you guys are saying, and I got this from you. This is a beautiful part about all of us thinking together. I got this from you, so let's let's look. I'm going to look this up. 
So Moscow, Idaho, food truck, food truck video. You guys are saying that on this food truck video, it those guys standing look like cock. Let's look at this. Oh, we're good for a commercial first, of course. Well, we're going through this. Again, the phone number is 325-261-0892. Come on, join in the conversation. Email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Tell me what you would like to go over on the show. This is your show. This is a conversation. All right, here we go. We're almost there. unanswered questions to when it comes to the timeline. So this new video has surfaced um, just after 1 a.m., two of the victims at a food truck. We learned from authorities uh, that they were reportedly murdered overnight, that when officials arrived at the house, that was because of a... This is like the worst video of the food truck. You fell. I'm on one call at 11.58 a.m. for an unconscious person. They got there, the door was opened, uh, and there didn't appear to be damage inside. <laughs> All of those details raising more Which questions. Which one is cock? Are you getting any answers as to that timeline, as to other people who were in the house? We're not right now. We know that the other two people in the house were the other two roommates who lived on in that mm. residence with them. We're not really getting any more answers at this time. Obviously, we're trying to respect the, you know, traumatic. I didn't see cock. All right, let's see if we can find out. I just want the video. All right, I'm going to the UK because they always have good stuff. Got to have commercials. Although I'm not sure about the legality of that because that's not your video, but all right. They got me on that one. 325-261-0892. Please join in the conversation at Midnight Radio. Truly, this is what this is, a community-driven conversation from like-minded individuals disparaging somebody's free speech is not tolerated. Don't even try it. Don't be rude. Here we go. So we're going to look at this a little bit more here. So which ones are you guys are saying is cock? Could we be looking at the murderer now? 
somewhere lurking in the background with his friend. I don't know. You guys are might gonna have to explain that to me again. Let's let's continue in our voicemails here. Hi, yes, I'm just calling. Um, that guy with the socks in uh, um, his his uh, Facebook uh, picture, um, that looks like the guy that was at the, um, at the food truck, the, his buddy there. I'm sure. I'm going to try and look at it again, but I'm pretty sure that's him. Now a lot of you guys are saying that which which guy in that video you 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 referring to take a screenshot of that and circle it so we can see um I've got the raw video footage of this I can enhance it and and zero in let's look at this but uh if you guys will do that if you can do that take a screenshot and circle it if you're doing it on your phone you should be able to do that some way Hi this is Elizabeth um, I'm calling about the crimes at the U of I, and the Mad Greek restaurant has been, uh, like, hidden. And also, I have considered that the owner of Mad Greek, who I've seen, and his wife is a doctor, and she's strange, the owner could also be considered. So, um, considered. my numbers, and definitely, uh, I'm not a bit surprised that something could come out of the Mad Greek restaurant. Thank you. Somebody did send me some pictures of of uh, somebody from the Mad Greek restaurant. They said looked like David Pilates, which was something uh, one of the psychics said. Again, people, David Pilates is not the murderer. It was just said that whoever it was looked resembled David Pilates, except not as old as David so, no, David Pilates wasn't there, and he's not involved in this. Hi. I just watched your blog tonight. I saw a video with the food grub trucky video. It caught my eye the first time. I watched Grizzilla K's videos, and a different video popped up prior to me making this phone call. And the two guys in the video resemble the picture of the gentleman named Phil and another man standing beside of him. I think he's related it to maybe a wedding picture. But if you go back and watch the video, you'll see one of the girls talking with a guy, very long, dark hair. Behind him, with the guy in a hoodie, is a heavier set gentleman that resembles the second guy in the cock video. Uh, they both have longer hair, darker clothes are on them, but I'm telling you, the resemblance of those two to the same video or the, the photo that you showed is very, very remarkable. Just wanted to give you a heads up on that, and I'll be watching your videos to see what's going on. Thanks. 
So you guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. See, you guys come through. This is this broadcast is a conversation between us about these things, these dark matters that bother us all, bother us all so much. That does it for me. I'm out of time. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Please, please subscribe and hit that bell. I'll be back soon. I'm going to... Gonna put a um, something on the something on the community tab so you can vote about this light behind me. Whether you guys think it should stay or do you think it should go? This volume meter up here. Let me know if all you guys think it should go. Then maybe it should. So so we'll go into that. Please call me. This conversation. I want to hear what you have to say. You you guys are valuable. You guys are special. Phone number is three two five two six one zero eight nine two. That is 325-261-0892. This is your show. Let me know what you guys want to talk about. 325-261-0892. Email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. There's an article on our website, midnightrad.io, where you can read about the toy that's killing the season. You have a chance. You have a choice to save children from dying, and I'm not exaggerating, This isn't clickbait. I believe in this. It's very important. That is his article on midnightrad.io. There's a video on our YouTube called The Toy That's Killing the Season. Thank you, guys. And uh, I will see you next time.